Okay, I, am on, I can tell I'm on. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. It is a beautiful morning out. It's sunny out. It's a little cool, but that's okay. We'll keep each other warm with our company. Uh, before I start, I'd like to pray, so let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to be together with other believers, people that come together to worship you and love you, Lord. I pray as this message comes forth, Lord, that you would be the one that speaks and just anoint me, Lord, to bring forth what you would have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> okay, I, a while back I had an idea about this message, and it, I think it's time for just me to share a little bit about my story and the whole theme of this, what I'd like to share today, is about um, what we believe determines how we live. And each of us has a story. Of course, God has already written our story, but we're just now walking it out in our new life with Christ. And it all starts with the revealing of needing a need to be saved, that we are sinners. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10, is our first scripture. However, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. And then in verse, oh, I'm sorry, that was a different one. So the first thing is, the deep things of God refers to God's unfathomable um, and wonderful plan for us, that we have salvation and, and relationship with him. The promise of salvation is revealed only to those who believe that God, what God says is true. So it all starts with believing first again. Then you have the invitation of Christ in your life is in Romans 10, 8 through 10. It says, but what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your heart and in your mouth that the word of faith we are proclaiming. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. There's that believing again. It's not just confessing it, it's believing in your heart that Jesus is Lord and he died and raised again for us. So with the help of the Holy Spirit, then we start our journey. It's like a, I'm just looking at this as a, a book and each chapter of your life. And I'll just share part of what my chapters are so you can relate maybe. Um, and it all starts with the con and continues with what we believe. And I wanted to ask this question because a lot of times we believe something, but I want to ask, why do you believe what you believe? Was it something that someone told you, or it was just handed down to you, like to know that you need saved? Or did God truly reveal it to you in an experience? a scripture, a message. And I think sometimes we just take for granted that whatever we're taught, that's what it is. And I begin my story 
with, I know some of you may have heard it, but I'll just start from the beginning of my chapter, chapter one, where I was a teenager and realized that I was a sinner and that I need saved. I heard a message preached at a church that someone had invited me to, and I always said, no, 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 I don't want to go because I don't know anything about going to church. It was like that was unfamiliar to me. So I went to church. The pastor preached a message, and my heart was pierced. And, of course, that started my journey. I made my way to the altar, confessed that I was a sinner and I needed Jesus, and I wholeheartedly really did make that commitment to Christ. But then as things can happen, and it does a lot of times, once I walked away from that altar, that's when things started to come in and crowd in and take over. The uh, peer pressure of friends, the things of change, and all that. And I had a friend who decided that I needed help understanding the truth But it came to be that it really wasn't the truth. It was false teaching. And so I fell into that category of not really knowing the scriptures enough, but wanting to do the good things that I needed to change, and I wanted to be a new Christian and walk that life. But what happened was I got more confused, I had doubt, and then I didn't understand anything. So... I walked through about nine years of walking away, and once I couldn't live up to what I thought God's measures were, the further that you walk away from that, you start believing, I'm not saved. If I was saved, I wouldn't act like this, would I? And so comes the journey of nine years. But deep down, I always wanted to know the truth because I really did want to serve God. I really wanted to know the truth. But something just wasn't right when I was learning these teachings from this friend. So I had walked away. I was like the prodigal son. The further I walked away with not knowing, the more into things that I got back into. And then I just thought, now I'm believing. Okay, God's mad at me enough now. I've done too much. I can't go back. So that happens to a lot of us in different ways, not maybe as drastic, but sometimes we fall out of that place of fellowship with the Lord. Sin may come into our life and take over, and then we start believing that God doesn't love me, that maybe it's too far along that I can't really, I mean, you know, done enough damage, I'm no good, forget it. And that's the lie of the enemy, of course. He wants you to believe that so that you won't go back. But the truth of the matter is, God still is with you. When you said that prayer of faith and committed your life, he loves you. So that was my, uh, my second part of my uh, thing was when I, uh, nine years later, I went to a, ladies coffee and it was basically um, a, a bible study but it was more like just for women and it was very comfortable so I went but all of a sudden when I had the teachings and I went home to read that day I realized when I was reading John 1 1 in the scriptures that those words popped out so clear that Jesus was the word the word was with God The word was God. He was from the beginning. 
he was not created, and Jesus is God. And it's like, wow. So the first stage of my first chapter was believing I needed a savior and committing my life. But the second part was God revealing it to me through the scriptures, the truth, that Jesus was God and that I could have salvation through that. So then I went on to trying to do good. And I was all excited about um, learning the scriptures and stuff. So in my own effort, and I wanted to, I missed a, a scripture, sorry. First John, I wanted to get to that first. First John 4, 1 through 3. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. And see, that's what had happened. I had got, you know, you have to really test what you hear. Is it from God? Is it true? Does it line up with your Bible? And so ever since that happened to me, I was on this, when I realized the truth and I rededicated my life again, I was on this kick where I had to search the scriptures, and, I, and that's good. I was searching the scriptures. But I was more like wanting to prove that false religion wrong. I wanted to show all the proofs in the Bible. So I got into the Bible, which is good. And don't get me wrong, that's very good. But was, it was uh, all head knowledge. And we know that when you get head knowledge and not heart knowledge, we can get a little puffed up and prideful and pointing fingers and being legalistic. And so I sort of got into that little phase for a while where I was like full of myself thinking, well, there's the scripture, that's that. I can show you right there. But then I realized after some time of studying and having folders full of proof and all these scriptures and trying to teach, I realized God showed me one day. It was like he told me, I could just hear it in my spirit. Enough of that. Just learn about me. Don't get caught up with all these scriptures of proof. You know that now. It's time to, it's about me now, me and you. And that changed my attitude about searching the scriptures from then on. Now it was all about wanting to know about him. Um, and I did get into that legalism for a while of just, trying to be good and pointing out everything that was wrong and whatever. But in Romans 3.28, it says, For we maintain that a man is justified by faith apart from observing the law. It's not just by observing all the rules and all the laws. It's by faith in what you're believing about him. It's by faith to walk out in your new life with him. So then comes my journey a little further on. And also in Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. I could go there quick if you need. There we go. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and it is not from yourselves. It's a gift of God. Then came a new revelation on me about grace. I realized all this time trying to do good, all my efforts, trying to learn, 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 and not really understanding grace, I realized 
the key word here is gift. It's a gift. He gave it to me. Grace is undeserved favor. And I didn't deserve anything, but now I understand that God's grace is it's real. It's a gift. And then once I started to realize the concept of grace, I started to see more about when I mess up and I sin, I, f- I realize I am now believing that he loves me even when I'm sinning. And I thought, that can't be. But you know what? That's what the Bible says. He loves me. And I can't earn it. I can't ever observe all the laws. But it's the gift. So now when I had that realizing that he still loves me even when I sin, and I don't, I mean, I'm not saying I'm purposely sinning, but when I mess up and sin, he still loves me. So that took, if you think about it, to me that scripture came to my mind when I had that revelation that says the truth will set you free. Now all of a sudden the pressure is off of trying to do good and do the right things all the time. And I realized, okay, I need God's help. He'll help me do it. With the help of the Holy Spirit, I can do the right things. But even when I do make a mistake or if I have sinned, he loves me and I have that freedom to believe that now. I'm not going to bind myself and condemn myself anymore. So the next stage is I started to renew my mind. Now we need to believe, I needed to believe, what he says about me. I'm no longer under, under condemnation because I'm in Christ. Then I had to start realizing, wow, I have a, I am a new person. Maybe I don't act like it. I mean, we don't just step off the platform of being saved and then, okay, we're all good, everything's fine, we have the right attitude, we have the right perspective, we have the right mouth, we have the right you know, thoughts. It's all a work in progress. And that's how all of us are. We are all a work in progress and we're all going through our own chapters in our book, our journey, our walking it out. So I started to renew my mind. And the way I did that was I kept reading all the scriptures about who I am in Christ, who God says I am. Now I'm starting to see, okay, I believe that now. Maybe at one time I didn't believe that about myself. I would always beat myself up and say, I have so much more to improve on. I can't do that. But that's not what God's looking at. He's looking at our heart and what we were willing to do. So I started to understand more about his character. And then I started to want to know more about him so the more that I would see the scriptures and reading of who Christ is and his character, I wanted to be able, I could understand them better, and, and then my relationship became better. Now it's coming from hearing the word, accepting, understanding grace, studying the scriptures, receiving all that grace and that gift, and now renewing my mind. Now it's I started to turn to, I can have a relationship with God. Because I was around people that would talk like that. Like Pastor mentioned weeks, a couple weeks ago. I heard from God, or I have God showing me this. And I'm like, well, how do you get that? I didn't understand quite that relationship yet. So in uh, Ephesians three seventeen through 19 is our next scripture. Wait, 17 through 19. 
Okay, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, and we want to go to 18 and 19, okay, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide, how long, how high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. That's a lot. That's almost like a love letter to me too. Even though Paul was writing that and praying for the saints to have that knowledge of his love. How wide it is. How deep it is. Then I started to think, once I believe that he really truly loves me, I mean, I'm still getting this. Like, I know God loves me. Yes, I, the Bible tells me so. I know that's what the scripture says. Now I'm starting to believe how wide, how deep, how much he loved me. When I start to think of how much he did for me, a sinner, how much he suffered, what he went through, what he gave willingly, then my whole attitude changes toward him. I start to be more honest and I allow myself to be honest with him. Ephesians 3.12 says this. Okay, I can read. In him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. We, We can have that freedom and confidence to be ourselves. And then I started to think, I can be myself now. How great that is, isn't it? To be honest and real. Sometimes it's hard for us to be real because we're afraid to approach God in that area. But God knows it anyway. He knows what we're dealing with. He's all-knowing. But the the thing that happened to me is then I realized I can approach God with whatever gripes I have, whatever issues I have, confessions I have, uh, lack of faith I have maybe at that time. I can still tell him, Lord, I don't understand this. I don't get it. I don't know why this is happening. It's okay. It's okay to be real. It's okay to be yourself. And when you realize, I started to realize when he, correct, he's, he loves me that much, I, when he corrects me, this is where I think it's funny. I can laugh at myself because I think, wow, I don't like correction because you can ask my mom. <laughs> When I, I, I always had to have last say and I knew right, whatever. And I didn't like correction because it made me feel worse about myself. But when I have the realization that God corrects us in love and kindness, I was able to receive correction from the Lord a lot easier. And then I started to want that correction. I wanted to have the changes. I needed to change, but I couldn't do it by myself. God had to show me areas in my life. Like, Terry, your attitude's stinking right now. You better watch your mouth. Or he would just drop little things and like, you know, you should respect that person instead of saying that. It's just little things. He, tells, he would tell me, 
here and there. And then once I would listen and hear that or know that that needs to change, if I allowed him to have that area in my life, things started to happen. They started happening on their own. I didn't make it happen. So my perspective started changing. My relationship with him and other people started changing. My relationship and my views about myself started to change. And everything else, and it's like, wow, this is a great life. Things are doing great now because they're better. But then there's all that part of trusting God. Trusting God involves really putting your faith in him. And it had to grow by trials. And that is the best way that we learn who God really is. He brings us through them. And once I had certain things in my life happen, things that you can't understand or maybe you're wondering why or you blame yourself for, once I got through those things, and I'm sure you can vouch for that yourself, everything that you go through has a reason to help you through it. There, God is always with us through that trial. And when I realized that going through these, these things, I realized not to trust my feelings, but trust what he says. Um, I could also look back and see how he answered and why he didn't answer the way I wanted it sometimes. A lot of times we think we know what's best for our life and we think that's what I need, God. If you could just... If you could just do that, then everything else will work out. But you've got to do this. And it might not happen. And then you're wondering why. But then I had to realize, trust God knows best. Trust God. Trust God. And I had to keep doing that. Because trusting is hard. We want to be in control. And I'm a control kind of person. God revealed that to me too. So I like to be in control. If I hand off a thing to do, I'm still like in it somehow. I have to make sure everything's going to work or make it my way. Or so letting go and letting God was one of those things I learned. But faith is something that what we believe. Uh, Mark chapter 9, verse 20 through 24 is one of my favorite scriptures because I felt God really spoke to me through this one time. So they brought him. This was a man who brought the son that was possessed by demons, and the, the disciples couldn't bring it out. But, so they brought him, and when the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. Next one. It has often thrown him into fire and water to kill him, but if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. And Jesus said, if you can, it, everything is possible for him who believes. I could just hear, it's like I almost could hear Jesus say, if I can, don't you believe that I can do this? So whenever I'm doubting or have those little doubtful moments in my life or something, it's just like that scripture always comes to mind. If I can, don't you believe that I can? Everything's possible for who believes, so I have to believe he can do it. So there's believing and trusting. Are you going through any of those times right now where you're not sure what's going on and you have a little bit of doubt or fear or you're thinking... 
I don't know. I, I need to do something about it. I can't let this go. Maybe it's because we just have to let him take charge and do it and believe that he can. He can do whatever is needed, and he knows best. So then later on after, you know, these are just stages that I went through, and I'm sure that everyone has gone through different places wherever they are, you are. Um, I started to see little changes little by little in myself. The old me wasn't quite there anymore. I'm still not all perfect. Like, I'm sure I won't ever be perfect. But I can see now that I look back on the years of growing and walking with the Lord, those little changes happened. Different ways I think about people and how I look and be merciful to others. How I look at God, how I look at other people, how I look view myself how I trust God more. Um, those, and then I started to see that little by little, those old habits that were bad, I started seeing some fruit coming. And I'm like, oh, I don't really deal with that anymore. Not as much, maybe. And it's funny because you don't realize that they're happening to you until you look back and think, boy, at one time I would have just done that. But now... I have more love, I have more patience, I have more kindness, the fruit of the Spirit. So, um, I, and then I have to say too that you can't just squeeze out a fruit and pop it on a branch and make it a fruit. Like, okay, I'm going to grow patience today and I'm going to make it happen. No, God does it through the Spirit. It's the fruit of the Spirit. That's why it's called the fruit of the Spirit. And last but not least... Through the last few years, I learn, I'm not learning. I'm just realizing that it's nice to be able to just be myself and abide in Christ, worship him for who he is, enjoy all the benefits of being a Christian, not just doing and trying and working and learning. And so now I'm just trying to learn to hear God's voice more and more each day. And that's how some people hear it in different ways. You can be reading and something will just pop out and it's like God's showing me this for a reason. And I know it because something will happen that week and it's like that's what I needed. I needed to hear it. Or, and it takes practice because if we're not reading, we're not praying, we're not listening, that little small voice... Even silly little things. Like last night I was telling mom about the Ryan and I went somewhere, my son, and we he's allergic to peanut butter. Well, I changed purses where we went, and every time I kept taking things out of my other purse and putting in my new purse to go, because I wanted a smaller purse, I want to drag this purse around, because I have everything in my other purse. I kept seeing these little pills, and I thought, I don't need one. Went back and I started looking again. Every time I looked in there, I kept seeing these little Benadryl pills. Well, I don't need those. So I pick up my son. We go to this reception and we're eating. And he didn't realize it. He took a bite of the cake and there was peanut butter icing in the middle. It's like, oh my. So, and I'm thinking, just those little things even. God was showing me, take the Benadryl. (laughs) But... Luckily, thank goodness, not luckily, it was 
God had someone there that knew someone that talked to the management and they got some Benadryl in him right away and he was okay. Otherwise, we would have been taking a trip to the emergency room again. But anyways, those are just little things. If he's shown you something, there's a reason for it. But we just sometimes pass it off as nothing. I mean, that's just a little thing, but yet it could have been a life-saving thing. It could be that you're going down the road or you're going to go to some place or go to a meeting with people and God's telling you, that's not, don't. And you're like, well, why? I'm supposed to go there. There might be a reason. So once we start honing in and heeding God's direction, we're starting to learn more to relate and communicate with him. So that's where I'm at in my chapter of the book, of my journey. So where are you with your journey? Are you at that place where you're in a nice honeymoon period where you're just, oh, this is great, God is good, and that's great? Or are you going through trials? Are you going through questions? Are you going through doubt? Are you really, you know, trusting God to take care of things? And that's what he wants. He wants us to just trust him because he loves us, but we have to believe what he says. So each each of these little topics that I brought up, these are just some topics that I could think of. All of them are hinging on what you believe. If you believe that God is angry with you, you're going to be in that dry place, walking around just feeling like horrible because you're thinking God's mad at you and you're living out what you're believing. You can go into depression or you could be very, you know, just about everything in general. Or are you you doubting for a healing? Who is God to you? Who is, you know, like Mark says, do you believe if I can? Are you in a place where you're dealing with this illness or someone you love is or a loss? It's all hinged on trusting God. Do you believe God knows best? Do you believe God is your healer? Do you believe God is your uh, savior? Do you believe he's a comforter? Wherever we're at in our life, there's a place where we have to believe God for. We've got to believe God is our friend. He's, he loves us. If God is for us, who can be against us? Everything in Christ Jesus is yes and amen. Just these scriptures are some of those things that you have to get to believe them. We are more than conquerors for those who are in Christ Jesus. Uh, there's all these things. There's all these great things that we have to believe in. Otherwise, we're going to be wandering around in our journey, fading in and out. God has a perfect plan for our life, and he wants us to walk in it. But I think it's wherever you're at in your story. I think that's the the challenge. I always like to leave with a challenge. Challenge yourselves to examine yourselves and think, where am I at with you, Lord? Am I walking closely with you? Are you far away? Jesus, are you far away or are you with me? Do I feel you with me? You may not feel that he's with you, just know he's with you. There's a difference of how we feel But I could have been totally led astray from the first chapter of my book. Who knows where I'd be now in my chapter if I wouldn't have... I know I walked away from God for all those years, but 
deep down, the Holy Spirit was always leading me back because I sincerely wanted to know the truth. So when you're seeking the truth, God will show you that truth through the help of the Holy Spirit. When you have him in your life, he can teach us, guide us, and do all that to help us. So I just challenge you to ask, where am I with you, Lord, in my journey? And don't beat yourself up if you don't feel like you're close with God. We all feel distant like that at times. And it, I think it's just those, we go in and out of phases where we're dry and parched and we don't know what's going on. Just call out to Jesus and he is with us always. So let's pray. Father, we thank you, God, that you have given us this special gift of salvation that it is a gift of grace and mercy, Lord, that there's nothing we can do that can make you love us anymore. But Lord, I just pray for each one of us here, wherever we are in our journey with you, Lord God, that you would bring to light and reveal yourself more, that we would go deeper and deeper with you, Lord, trusting you, Lord, each step of the way. We know that you have all good things planned for us, Lord, and we are so thankful for that plan that you have already mapped out. So we thank you again for your love and help us to just continually grow in our belief and faith in you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.